This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, yes, yes, yes. A good Friday morning to one and all. It is Taz and the Moose. Mark Malusis flying solo with you for the next three hours right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time as we're coming to you live from the Rocky Mortgage. By Quicken Loan Studios, who understands that it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. You've got Mike and Pete across the way. Taz is off, and um, he is, uh, has a nice three-day weekend for himself. Well-deserved. Uh, Bogish is down in Disney. Maybe we'll chat with Andrew a little bit later on about his Disney vacation with the family. The photos online on Instagram are glorious, as Mike was running through them before the show. Basically, across the way, Heller has got your updates as we take it right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. Next three hours right here on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. That is your number to call. Thank you, Mean Gene. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And uh, we got uh, NFL picks coming your way a little bit later on in the program as well. Uh, Adam Fisher is going to join us uh, coming your way at top of the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Gus Farratt. Uh, as well, former Washington Redskin quarterback, and uh, see what Gus is up to uh, a little later on in the program, chat about a little bit of football with him. And we kick it off here on this Friday morning, and there's a lot to get into, but we kick it off with the Thursday night game. And, you know, sitting back and, you know, as the Jets were a 16-and-a-half, 17-point underdog going into that game last night down in Baltimore, as the Ravens are well on their way to being the top team in the AFC and all rightfully and well, all rightfully deserved as they're riding a tremendous winning streak. Watching Lamar Jackson play the quarterback position and the comparisons to, you know, Michael Vick. And this is the first thing that hit me because you've seen this before and you saw Vick last night and a little bit of a tribute to Lamar Jackson as he broke his, you know, rushing record and, You've seen Vic talk about Lamar Jackson, and people have drawn that comparison to Michael Vick. Listen, I, I will say this. In terms of athletic ability, and Jackson coming off a game against the Jets last night where he's got the five touchdown passes, and you know his speed in the open field is otherworldly and ridiculous, and yes, he's faster in the open field than Michael Vick, and Vick was a special quarterback coming out of Virginia Tech, and we know what transpired down in Atlanta when he was with the Falcons, a lot of success, and then the dogfighting ring. And then the suspension and the prison time, then going to Philadelphia and rejuvenating his career. But here's the big difference between Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. Jackson has got the work ethic that Michael Vick never had. And it's really a credit to Lamar Jackson. As I threw up a picture last night of Bill Polian, who was critical of Jackson coming out of Louisville, as many were, and... Listen, I never thought Lamar Jackson needed to change positions, but I was never a believer that Lamar Jackson would be this because right now he's the MVP of the league and he's running away with it. And there's nobody even close as you've seen a little bit of a deterioration in the play of Russell Wilson out there in Seattle with the Seahawks. I never thought that Lamar Jackson coming out of Louisville after watching what he did at Louisville and specifically under Bobby Petrino 
And that year that he won the Heisman Trophy, and I thought he was the best player in America without a doubt. Now, he got my first place vote that year. And I've been voting for the Heisman Trophy for the last, I would say, seven, eight years. I've been lucky enough to be one of the voters. I thought that year he clearly was. But I also thought he was a guy that, you know, some of the throws were easy. I didn't love his delivery. I thought he was more of a better passer in college than Vince Young. And some other guys that you've seen where have been kind of placement throwers. But I never thought he'd be as accurate as he has been in the National Football League. Here's the one thing Jackson has done. He's worked. He's worked, he's worked, he's worked. And I bring that example up because there might be people who say, well, what do you mean, Michael Vick worked? I mean, he worked. No. Well, honestly, not to the level Lamar Jackson did or has. And the example I bring about that with that is I remember Jim Mora Jr., who at that point in time was a uh, was an analyst on the NFL Network, did a sit-down interview with Michael Vick on his return to the National Football League. And Mora was down in Atlanta, was the head coach of the Falcons when Vick was there. Um, you know, brought up an example of the very fact of of the the fact that he and the coaching staff used to put together videos, you know, splice together videos and NFL plays of, of the defenses they were going up against, what they wanted to do offensively, and do it every single week for Michael Vick. It would give him a DVD. And Mora would Mora and during that interview asked Michael Vick in terms of what he did with those DVDs, and Vick basically told him, not basically told him, he threw them in the backseat of his car and never watched them. And I don't get the sense that Lamar Jackson is doing that with the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, I know he's not. Jackson's a guy that last year showed you that he couldn't throw the football. He's completely changed his style. It's a credit to the Baltimore Ravens in terms of building that offense, a modern-day running game, and using the RPO, and using at times a little bit of a triple option. Not a lot, but they've done it at times. And playing to the strengths of the quarterback. And when you're able to run the football as effectively as the Baltimore Ravens are able to run the football, and the offensive line, even without their starting left tackle last night against the Jets, who are you know one of the best rush defense in the National Football League, if you're able to win, still win at the point of attack, even with missing a significant offensive lineman in Stanley last night, you know what? Right now, the Baltimore Ravens can't do anything wrong. And as I watched that game last night, I watched Lamar Jackson just absolutely light up the Baltimore night and light up that Jet defense as the Baltimore Ravens win that game going away 42-21. And you're watching Jackson continue to stamp himself at the MVP of the league. And people want to say he's this, he's that. No, no. You know what he is? He's special. You know, he might not throw for 500 yards in a game, but he doesn't need to. He's got 33 passing touchdowns so far this year. The offensive line wins at the point of attack. They're able to run it. You look at it, their second string running back, Gus Edwards, a former, you know, Rutgers Scarlet Knight, is averaging over five yards a carry. When Lamar Jackson is in the open field, tell me a defensive player right now. Darrell Green's been retired a long, long time. Tell me a defensive player right now that's running Lamar Jackson down from behind. I don't think there is one. And as as we all want to compare him to what he is, and is he this or is he that, and what player in recent history do you compare him to? And everyone's going to throw Vic out there, as I saw him on doing interviews this morning, last night, during the course of the game. And Vic has given him all the accolades in the world and saying, you know, loves watching him play, get the popcorn out, everything and the like. He's better than Michael Vick. 
Because there was a point in time where you looked at Vic and put the stuff with the dog fighting and the prison time aside. Look at him just as a player. There was a time you looked at Michael Vick and you thought he was going to be, and he was a transformational star. He's one of the biggest stars, one of the biggest faces in the National Football League. But, but, if you define his career, you would say it's more often than not a disappointment. Of potential never realized. He had great moments. That victory in the snow in the playoff game against the Green Bay Packers, bringing the Atlanta Falcons in there. That was a great Michael Vick moment. Night game, snowfall, and Brett Favre winning that game. That was a great Michael Vick moment. Lamar Jackson seems like it's going to be potential realized time and time and time again. And it's amazing how we look at the college draft, and that's why you say it's an inexact science. And you look at guys, and kind of in that draft process, Lamar Jackson was a forgotten-about player, a Heisman Trophy winner, a star on the collegiate level in Louisville, one of the best players in the college game. And there weren't many teams that believed he could be what he is now. Because if you did then, you redrafted that draft. Right now, he'd be the number one overall pick. The leadership that he shows on the sideline, the game that he shows on the field, there's no question about it. There does not look like there's anything on the football field that Lamar Jackson cannot do. And the personality that he has shown is the style and fashion which that Raven team plays. They've taken on Lamar Jackson's personality. He has shown you, even at a young age, being a baby, not old man. They've been linked and they've been hooked by that leadership of Lamar Jackson. And they play to his strengths as a team. It's a credit to Harbaugh. It's a credit to that organization. You know, Ozzie Newsom now to Castro running that franchise. The personnel they're able to bring into it. The adjustments, losing guys like, uh, you know, losing guys like Smith, uh, Zadarius Smith to the Packers in free agency. Losing a guy like C.J. Mosley. Having that linebacking core continue to, you know, be regrouped. The transformation from being just a, a team about all about defense and see if we can scratch across enough offense to win football games to now an offense that basically puts the opposing defense on its heels from the word go. And that's difficult to do. Think about that. You know, you think about great teams or great coaches and what they are like and really what defines them. You know, when you think about a Bill Parcells team, you think about a great ground game, defense, 3-4, big linebackers. When you think about... uh, you know, uh, the great, uh, you know, Bill Walsh. You think about the West Coast offense. When you think about Mike Holmgren, you think about the West Coast offense. When you think about, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, uh, you think about the West Coast offense. And I know I'm throwing through, you know, some names out there. But, I mean, when you think about those great coaches and what they were able to do at the time, and that's just not, that's just a few. I mean, Belichick, the Patriots are able to adjust. But you think about Belichick and Brady, but you kind of get a sense of what the Pats are all about, but they're kind of a amoeba defense, and on offense, they're able to adjust and play a different style based on the opponent when they are great offensively, based on the opponent that they're going up against. This year's New England Patriots are, by no stretch of the imagination, great. But the Baltimore Ravens for years, years under Jim Harbaugh, was defined by that defense. That's what you knew. Whether it be Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, Ed Reed, run up and down the line even before that. When you think about when the Ravens won that Super Bowl and embarrassed the Giants and Jim Fossil, you think about that defense. You think about Ray Lewis running down Tiki Barber. 
in the open field and saying, how is a middle linebacker running down Tiki Barber in the open field? And that's exactly what he did. And that was a Raven defense led by a different head coach, but that Raven defense, and there were a number of holdovers over the year. The Peter Bolwares, Michael McCrary, I mean, go up and down the line, they had great defensive players. That Raven defense this year is not great. As Buck pointed out on the broadcast last night, they're good, they're getting better, but that Raven team is defined by the quarterback. An offensive line that even with injuries could still win at the point of attack. You know, two very, very talented tight ends led by Mark Andrews, a third-round draft pick coming out of Oklahoma. You got Hollywood Brown, the speedster on the outside, and you've got a running game that basically wears you down and breaks your will. And then you've got a quarterback that can make all the throws and even when a play breaks down, is able to lengthen out the play because of his speed and his athleticism and his feet to be able to give guys second and third opportunities downfield to get themselves open. They're a special team. And it isn't an exact science looking at quarterbacks coming out of college and saying what they're going to be in the National Football League because I don't think even if you were a Lamar Jackson fan coming out of Louisville, he said he could play the quarterback position in the National Football League. I don't know how many guys would think that he would be the MVP in the league um, you know, this early. This soon. Where that organization turns that team over, especially after what you saw last year with his inability to throw the football, but that's exactly what he is. He is the MVP of the league. And last night was a tour de force performance. And what you learn about great teams and championship caliber teams is this. There's no hiccups. There's no... Didn't show up this week. There's no bad performances. They might lose some games. Nobody, I mean, you know, there's only been one team that's been able to go through the year and win a Super Bowl going undefeated, and that being the Miami Dolphins. We know that. And the Patriots had that great run before losing to the Giants out there in Glendale, Arizona in 2007. But you would think short work week, home, Jets not going anywhere. Coming off a tough performance a week previous against Buffalo up there in Buffalo, a game that they could have lo- lost. Jackson dealing with a quad injury. He said, well, I mean, if would it be all that surprising, even with them being a 16-and-a-half, 17-point favorite, would it be all that surprising if the Baltimore Ravens you know, sneaked out or eked out a victory last night against the Jets? That would be all that surprising. But you find a way to win the game. This Raven team, there's no let-up. There's no looking past an opponent. There's none of that. And that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes them an absolute joy to watch. And the quarterback leads the way. He is a wonderful young player. A great young man that clearly the Ravens are in good hands for years to come. And I hate when people point out what guys can't do instead of appreciating what they can. No, he doesn't throw like Joe Montana or Aaron Rodgers. And sometimes he drops his elbow, and sometimes there's going to be some throws where he looks highly inaccurate. But clearly, he worked in the offseason, something that Michael Vick did not do, did not dedicate himself to the game. Michael Vick enjoyed being a star, enjoyed all the money and the accolades and the Madden covers and all that that came his way. And God bless him. He earned a lot of money. Didn't handle everything in his life well, we know that. Went to prison, we know that. But Michael Vick was an absolute star. 
when he was playing in the National Football League. But he did not work to continue to be great. He leaned a lot on his pure natural ability and thought that was going to be enough at the end of the day. For Jackson, he takes that athletic ability that he has, that God-given ability, what he's able to work in on a day-in, day-out basis, and he puts even the extra work in to continue to be great or to be great. I'm sure he heard the cat calls after last year. He can't throw it. Ravens will never be able to win that way. All right, yes, we understand that it was the end of the road for Joe Flacco, but Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to prove to be the answer. How many people said you're not going to be able to stay healthy? With the way that they were running last year, there's no way with his body he's going to be able to hold up. Look at him now. He's not the biggest of quarterbacks, but he's certainly bigger than what he played at college. He's certainly added on muscle. He's added on weight. They don't play the same style and fashion, and he worked in the offseason on his throw motion and his delivery to become a better thrower. And he's clearly a better thrower of the football, and his game has evolved as this season has got along. In a Thursday night game in which you, you know, there's you can get into Sam Darnold, which we'll touch upon, and, and touch upon maybe the, the chill out of, between him and the head coach, Adam Gaze, and where that Jet organization is going, another lost year for Gang Green. As the Jets were getting their doors blown off against the Baltimore Ravens and losing that game, being down at one point in time by you know 28 points, losing the game by 21, and getting doubled up. What you appreciate is a Baltimore Raven team that just might be the face of AFC football for years to come. Think about young quarterbacks in the National Football League. Think about two young stars in the AFC. You think about Mahomes, and you think about Jackson. Two dynamic young quarterbacks that do it distinctly different. But if you're a Chief fan and you're a Raven fan, what you do know is the most important position, as long as they stay healthy, is solidified for the next decade plus. And Jackson showed you his wares, showed you his talent in another tour of force MVP performance in the Thursday night game. It was fun to watch. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That is your number to call. It's Mark Melusis flying solo here on this Friday morning. We got NFL picks coming your way a little bit later on the program. We'll get into a little baseball. Adam Fisher, longtime executive with the Mets and the Braves, contributor on SNY, will join us a little later on the program. We're going to chat with Gus Farratt, former Redskin quarterback, a little later on the program as well. Uh, Bawami, I hear, is going to make an appearance. And Bilotti is high, is fired up this morning. Why well, be a chef, Mike? He's getting his baked chicken, Brussels sprouts, right? Fingerling potatoes and a basil vinaigrette. That's being delivered 42 minutes from now. Bilotti said he's not eating it now. He's going to hold off for lunch. But uh, for winning, who knows Taz game more? Uh, Pete Bilotti gets his meal today, so it's a good Friday for Bilotti as well. We're just getting going. It's Taz and the Moose on a Friday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. On a Friday morning, we got NFL picks coming your way a little bit later on the program. Number to call is 855 212 4CBS. 855 212 4227. 
Let's head out to Jersey and hit the phones. It's our buddy John. It's CBS Sports Radio. What's up, John? He is John, 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 John. He is John, 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 John. He is John, 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 John from Jersey. What's up, Johnny? Hey, Moose. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. By the way, just before we get to your point on the NFL, my kids who love this song for a long time and played it over and over and over again, I went to my middle son Paul the other day. I go, uh, sing me the sing the shark song. He goes, no, I don't like that song anymore. I'm like, all right, we've moved on in life. There you go. So very nice. So the shark song no longer being blasted in the Malusa's household, but it's always great to hear when you come on, John. What's on your mind, buddy? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, you know, you look at the Raven game last night, and you know, they are just really, really impressive. I mean, I kind of likened it almost like when I was a kid growing up and. You know, you used to watch Oklahoma play. And, you know, you knew what they were going to do, and you couldn't stop it. And and the Ravens, you know what they're doing. It isn't a lot of, you know, I mean, maybe there's some, you know, little gimmickry, but it's, they're just going to run it down your throat, and you can't stop it. No, and, and then, and here's the, and, and you know, it was, I was listening to a little bit of the Jet Post game show locally in New York last night, um, and um, and they, they do a, you know, a very good job, Marty and, and Gross and stuff like that, but um, they they asked uh, they asked the question: How do you slow this team down off uh, defensively? How do you how do you handle this offense right now? And you know it's difficult to do because you could commit to stopping the run, but if you commit to stopping the run, they're going to beat you with one of the tight ends, or they're going to beat you with Hollywood Brown over the top, and and you're going to see that if you if you right. make sure if you're you know putting eight in the box, that's going to play to them as well because if you don't get to Lamar Jackson and he's able to break containment, it's a running play. He's gonna be running open the field. He's gonna be running the open field. There's gonna be nobody's gonna be able to run him down. I right. mean, they're a very, very difficult team to beat right now. It, unless they go out there and play a sloppy game in which Jackson's turned the football over, they're a difficult team. And, and what's impressive with ja- uh, with Jackson is that you know it isn't almost like you know, if you compare him to say RG three, where RG three came in the league and you know and. It's almost like teams figured him out. And I know there was injuries and whatnot with him, but Jackson's just getting better, and you could just see him. I mean, I would watch him play at Louisville, and I I liked him at Louisville. I didn't think he, like you know, like you had said, I didn't think he should have changed positions coming in the league, but I didn't think he'd be the MVP either. And you could just see him getting better. Where I, I remember I called you and Taz before the Patriots played them. And I had said to Tesla, well, I'm not worried about Jackson. I think we can control Jackson. I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong. You watch him now, it's like, how the hell do you stop him? Yeah, it's a, I mean, John, it's, it's a great question because he can throw it and because he can hit guys. And he's got a good connection with his tight ends and, and with Brown down the field. And you throw, you throw in Snead and some other, some other receivers in there as well. I don't know how you deal with that Ravens team. I, I, I think what you have to go in to a game in order to beat Baltimore, I think you gotta win time of possession. I think you gotta limit offensive possessions for them. You, you can't settle for field goals. You gotta score touchdowns. Gaze was talking about this and you know, and his pressers after the game are terrible. But he kinda ran down what the Jets need to do. They could you can't lose the turnover battle. There's things you need to do to put yourself in a position in the fourth quarter against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but that is also very, very difficult to do when you know you have to be that fine as a football team and you can't afford a misstep because once you have a misstep, you see what Baltimore did last night. 
I mean, the Jets have, you know, you have the Darnold fumble. You have the, the failure on, on the fourth down play. All of a sudden, a game that's 14-7 is a blowout. Yeah. And they and run also, away and hide. Yeah. And also, Harbaugh's a very good coach. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Yeah. And you know what? He's got, he's got, the, he's got the acumen uh, of his brother. I mean, they're, they're almost, but he's got a, a much different demeanor, right? As, as unlikable oh. as Jim Harbaugh is to some people, John Harbaugh is the complete opposite. I think he's an easy guy to root for. Thank you. All right, Johnny. Appreciate the call, brother. Have yourself a good Friday and uh, and a good weekend. I'll tell you this. John, the ultimate Patriots fan, seems like a beaten man. It's almost like he's given up the playoffs all of a sudden. It's like it's Baltimore's – it's the AFC is Baltimore's to lose, but you can understand that. I mean, they handled the Patriots easily. Tell me, I mean, they they went into Los Angeles and basically took the Rams' soul. I mean, they embarrassed them. How many times do you need to see this to realize what they are? And they are a great football team. And Jackson is a hell of a young quarterback. Hell of a young quarterback. And you mentioned RG3. That, you know, that's, that's a, he had the instant stardom, the relationship with Snyder. He didn't get it early. Um, he also didn't work. And the, and the Redskins as an organization – I don't think they wholeheartedly believed in RG3. I think that was more of a management selection than it was a Mike Shanahan selection at the time. But here's the difference you want to look at in terms of players. And RG3 was a, a wonderful athlete, great player coming out of Baylor, Heisman, everything like, right? Here's the difference. Jackson doesn't take the hits that Robert Griffin III take. That's, that's the, that, if you were going to run in the National Football League, you do not have to be stupid when you're running. And what I mean by that is you don't take unnecessary hits for an additional three or four yards. At the end, it does not matter. You need to be healthy on the field, and that's something that Robert Griffin III struggled with. You've seen some other running quarterbacks struggle with it as well, not just him. I mean, he Lamar Jackson took one big hit last night when he was in the open field by Hewitt from the, from the Jets. However, that was it. And you watch on replay, it wasn't even as bad of a hit as it looked in live action. But he's run out of bounds. He's getting down. He's very similar to Russell Wilson, another running quarterback, who, well, another athletic quarterback that can run up there in Seattle. He's also got a cannon for an arm. Wilson never takes unnecessary hits. He gets down. You don't have to lay it on. There's no machismo. Lay it on the line. See who wins on, you know, first and 15 when you scramble for eight yards. Let me try and knock this safety over. For what? That's how you get hurt. And that's what happened with RG3 down in Washington, along with a number of other things. Heller's in the house this morning. He's been in here all week long. We're going to try and hook up with Bogus later. Your idea a couple of days ago. Okay, good. out. Uh, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us after your update in the third and final hour and come in here and we can reminisce with Bogus about his Disney trip. The pictures look amazing. I'm curious if he's hooked up with Zach Martin. You know, at Epcot. That's you know, what we're all wondering right, around shared here. A, you know, uh, one of the countries, Italy, shared a pizza pie with Zach <laughs> Martin on a Wednesday afternoon at Epcot down in Orlando. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Reminiscing about life in radio. I mean, wouldn't that be something? That would be. Imagine, imagine turning the corner. You get off Space Mountain. 
You're on you're that Space you. Mountain High. Right, Space Mountain High. Your kids your kids are basically, I'm sure, just like every all young children, they're like clamoring or excitement. They want to go to the bathroom. They got to get popcorn. They want to get they want to get this. They want they, they, they want this gizmo, that gadget. Mickey's there. There's Buzz Lightyear and everything like that. So I, it is like, for a kid, you walk into Disney World, it's just like, the way it, it's like it's sensory overload. Oh no, that's exactly right, and it's like heaven. <laughs> so you're dealing with your kids, and he's got two young kids, and then all of a sudden you turn a corner, you get off Space Mountain, you had a little bit of peace and quiet because the young kids can't go on Space Mountain; it's a little too scary. And you turn the corner, and there's Zach Martin. Wow, and be like bogus. <laughs> hey, what's going uh, on? And he wants to start like a nice twenty minute conversation about oh. Disney and what they've done. The kids will think he's one of the characters. From yes, Disney that's <laughs> exactly right. Could you think of maybe turn to the corner? Is that the last guy you'd want to see in Disney World? Would be Zach. Wow. Hello? The answer is yes. Thanks. Thanks for playing. There you go. Why? Hello. Are you all right? Are you all right this morning? I'll let Biseglia jump in there first. Are you all right? There, I mean, that's that, that's a list. That's Heller's a short out list. Of, Heller's out of it. That's a short list. It's been a long week, Moose. I understand. I, just I love hanging out with you guys. It's you, been a long week. You were week. staring at the TV. Well, and you, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to. Biseglia jumped in. Bilotti got it. Who's Mr. Disney as well? Bilotti, is that the last person you would want to see is Zach? Very last. That's the, the very last. Would okay. he then just follow Andrew around the theme park and go from place to place, ride to ride, and just hound him the whole time? I or would he have not. the self-awareness to be like, Andrew's with his family. I need to give him some space. It was nice to see you for a few minutes. Well, I, I'll put it to you this way. There were, now, it's not Disney. We're at, the, we're at the studios here at CBS Sports Radio. Zach has followed me to the men's room to continue a conversation as I'm going to the bathroom at the urinal. To finish it out, so the answer to that the answer to that question would be he'd probably follow him for a while if he's willing to follow somebody to the men's room as they have to relieve themselves in order to finish a conversation. I don't think he's an easy guy to shake at Disney World. Well, that's what's funny because in in, in your production meetings when it came up about trying to reach out to Bogus, oh no, we don't want to bother Bogus. He's at Disney World with his family. Meanwhile, they could have Zach Martin following him around the last three days, Maybe which we'll be, is nothing. Well, that's true. Compar- how, about if, how about if you're at a character breakfast? Oh, and you're yeah. up there, you're at the, you know, you're getting your eggs, a little sausage, a little bacon, and all the, you know, you're asking, you're ordering your coffee, and you're getting up there and getting a, you know, a buttered bagel for one of your kids, and there's Zach with the big plate, getting his French toast, and his son is... And in, he's sitting right next to you at breakfast. Hawaiian All you want shirt. is a little piece of quiet, and there's Zach. And Andrew's son is like, hey, why is Goofy out of his costume? I'll stop. Bilotti, do you think you'd follow him around? Uh, if I would follow him around? No. Would Zach follow... Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. It, it, I would, if I was bogus, I would leave the park. I, I purposely go to another park <laughs> to avoid him. I, I, that's a family time. I, I, I have to be with my family. We're gonna Change spend the another, itinerary. We're going to spend another $200 today to avoid this one man. Well, you can get the park hopper. You sure. can hop around from park to park. They do that in Disney World. It is the happiest place in the world. I mean, it would be tough to wipe a smile off my face, but that's the last time I want to, A, be breaking down sports is when I'm at Disney World. When I'm on, you know, it's a small world. And I'm trying to enjoy that for like the eighth time during the course of the day because my kids love that ride. Um, and I went on it. Last time we were there in Disney was like a year and a half ago. We went on that ride about eight times uh, in the span of a day. Oh. We were there all the time. Oh. It's a small over and over and over again. Uh, and it, I love Disney, but Zach breaking down radio, talking about the future, the medium, you know, what what's going on. 
that's I, I don't need sports talk about Eli Manning and the Giants. That's not what I'm looking to try and do if I'm at Disney. And you know, Zach would not get the hit early on. You'd have to you'd have to really set the point and make it known that you're leaving. And leave me alone. I think that's basically what you have to do. But we're gonna get a bogus update a little bit later. I on. can't wait to find out if this has actually happened. We yeah. we've we've created this entire story. Well, hopefully hopefully, yeah. hopefully we'll get in touch with him. Hopefully yeah. you'll answer Basiglia's text. I'll just have to – maybe what I should do is I should text Zach to call Andrew at the exact time so then when Andrew sees that we're calling, it'll be a good reason to get off the phone or see Zach there you go. There him coming you on. Go. You got your thinking cap on. That's nice a, job. That's a smart plan. That is a smart plan. <laughs> What's going on this morning, Heller? All right, Moose, the Thursday night game, you've been talking about it so far this morning. The Ravens winning their 10th in a row, and they also lock up the AFC North title. Pat Ricard comes in motion. Jackson takes a snap, spins to the right. Throws complete. Ingram at the five. Ingram leaps. Ingram in. Touchdown. Mark Ingram. And the lead is now stretching to a route. Jerry Sandusky on Ravens Radio. Five touchdown passes for Jackson. The Ravens blew out the Jets at home. 42-21. Jackson also ran for 86 yards, giving him more than 1,100 for the season, breaking Michael Vick's record for rushing yards by a quarterback. Now, Lamar was frustrated in the first half, and head coach John Harbaugh watched him rally the offense in the second half. They, they respect him, and they respond to it great. I mean, you, you love the fire and the competitiveness, and, and he wants to be great on every single series, and that's just, I think it reflects all their attitude about it, right? So I think they appreciate it. The Ravens are now 12-2. and two. The Jets fall to 5-9. and nine. Former NBA commissioner David Stern suffered a brain hemorrhage and underwent emergency surgery in New York. The league... Did not give an update yet on the 77-year-old's condition. On the court from Thursday, the Sixers handed the Celtics their first home loss. Five-point lead for the Sixers. Ennis has it out top with Tobias, a two-guard front. And Embiid comes out the screen. Jalen Brown trying to stay connected with Tobias. Over to Joel. He shoots a three. It's in the air. It's good. Embiid knocked out a three. And oh, yeah, he waves his fist. He's having fun in Boston. And Tom McGinnis on Sixers Radio. Joel Embiid, the season high, 38 points, also 13 rebounds. Sixers beat the Celtics. 115-109. In Mexico City, the Mavericks outscored the Pistons, 122-111. Luka Doncic, 41 points, his eighth triple-double of the season. LSU quarterback Joe Burrow wins the Maxwell Award and the Davey O'Brien Award. That's best overall player and best quarterback, respectively. And Burrow's also the favorite to win the Heisman on Saturday here in New York. NHL, seven straight wins for the Flames. They beat the Maple Leafs 4-2. The Red Wings end their 12-game winless streak, topping the Jets 5-2. The Sharks have lost six in a row. Rangers beat them 6-3. Lightning hand the Bruins their fifth straight loss 3-2. Blues over the Golden Knights 4-2. In golf, the U.S. trails the international team 6.5 to 3.5 after day two of the President's Cup in Australia. Moose. All right. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. Good update. We'll chat with you next hour. Coming up straight ahead, we'll mix a little NBA into the conversation. Little NFL 2, not of the game variety. I mean, the Thursday night game, not much of it. Just a tour de force performance by Lamar Jackson and the Ravens doubling up the Jets. But interesting trip to Whole Foods, which is a great spot. A little pricey, but a great spot. Great company uh, by Sean Payton, the Saints head coach. And Joel Embiid agrees with his critics then shows his greatness. We'll explain. It's Taz of the Moose. Mark Belusa's flying solo on this Friday morning. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz of the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio.
It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. Mark Malouse is flying solo here on this Friday morning on CBS Sports Radio. And it's time to ask the pros where you, the listener, get to ask us a question. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Submit your question. Be listening later on the show. We might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices. Excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every single day. So, NBA and the association, and certainly, uh, first and foremost, want to send our thoughts and prayers out to former NBA Commissioner David Stern, who um, had uh, suffered a brain hemorrhage yesterday uh, afternoon while he was at a New York City City restaurant yesterday afternoon. Um, um, you know, the uh, emergency services ambulance was sent to a, a restaurant uh, in reports that there was an individual having a heart attack. It was a brain hemorrhage. He had emergency surgery to stop the bleed. Um, you know, the NBA issued a statement uh, last night. Uh, amazing. I mean, stunningly enough, the first person to tweet about it yesterday afternoon, four hours before the NBA statement came out, was Lenny Dykstra. Uh, I have no idea how he tweeted, uh, how he knew what transpired, but he uh, um, he was the first one to send warm wishes to David Stern, and we do hear the whole Taz of the Moose family. Certainly, uh, an iconic commissioner uh, did so much for the growth of the game of basketball, for where it is today. Uh, you know, Michael, Magic, Larry, kind of the golden era of NBA basketball, and the tremendous growth that it showed uh, in a sport for popularity. Uh, David Stern was the architect for a lot of it. So certainly uh, you think about him here on this Friday morning and you hope that he's able to get to a a speedy recovery and we'll see exactly the severity of that brain hemorrhage that he suffered yesterday uh, while he was out to lunch in New York City. So with that being said, uh, you know, last night, big game in the NBA up in Boston between the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, the Boston Celtics, and you know, two of the the better teams in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics are now seventeen and seven with the victory. The Seventy Sixers are nineteen and seven, in the one fifteen to one hundred nine victory. And listen, Philadelphia. When you think about you know some of the teams in that Eastern Conference and the teams that potentially can get themselves to an NBA Finals, you think about those two teams. You think about the Seventy Sixers. You think about the Celtics. Certainly, you think about Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. The Miami Heat are having a very very good year. For Spolstra and Pat Riley down there in South Beach, sitting here at 10 games over the 500 mark, uh, or 12 games, I should say, over the 500 mark as we sit here on this Friday morning. But Joel Embiid's kind of like, you think about the two great stars on the Philadelphia 76ers. You think about Ben Simmons, and you think about Joel Embiid. And two players who've got all the athletic and all the basketball ability you can want. I mean, Ben Simmons has got the size and the handle. He just doesn't have the shot. Didn't have the shot going LSU in the year that he played there. Hasn't developed that shot early on in his career with the 76ers, and that's the big knock on Ben Simmons. He can do it all. He can defend. He can get to the rim. uh, He can break down a defense. He's got great court vision. He's good in the open floor. The one thing for Ben Simmons in a league in which everybody can shoot the basketball, Ben Simmons can't shoot. Now it's kind of become a thing to follow in terms of You know, how many threes or if he will attempt a three in the course of a game. And if he should ever attempt a three and hits that three, the 76ers bench erupts like basically they just won a championship. I mean, that's where Ben Simmons in terms of shooting the basketball is right now. But 
that's the big knock on his game. And you'd love to see Ben Simmons develop that outside shot and get more consistent with that outside shot as his career and preferably right now, single-bondly, as this season does go along. The other guy is Embiid, who some, when he was coming out of Kansas, um, compared footwork-wise to Akeem Olajuwon. Said he's that, for a big man, he's that athletically gifted. I think he played soccer growing up just like Akeem played soccer. Um, and he said, you know, for because sometimes you see guys that are 6'11", 7 feet tall, they're not the fleetest of foot. They've got an enormous presence, but they don't have the footwork. They don't have the foot speed. They don't have the dexterity. They don't have any of that. It doesn't come along. It's the rare guy that you're able to find it that has has it all. And Embiid has it all. Now, physically, he's not been able to hold up. And he's been better as of late. But early on in his career, especially dealing with those foot issues coming out of Kansas, you know, it was more often a case of where the hell is Joel O'Ell Embiid instead of where is he playing basketball tonight? But the other thing about Joel Embiid is this. Is Embiid's also a guy that some believe necessarily doesn't work as hard as he should work. People thought toward the tail end of last year that he was overweight. And they needed to lose some weight. And then the reports out of Philadelphia coming into training camp this year that he had lost, you know, 15 or 20 pounds uh, coming into the season and that he was in much better physical condition this year as he was a year ago. And the one big knock on Joel Embiid is basically, and Charles Barkley and Shaq, is that you got to work. you got to work. If you're going to want it, you got to work. It's one thing, and Basegli and I were talking about it during the course of one of the breaks, is this. All these guys are great players. There's not a guy in the league that didn't dominate AAU, didn't dominate in high school, wasn't great in college. Uh, you know, you're talking about the the elite of the elite play in this game. So everybody's great. Some have different strengths and weaknesses than others, but they're all and there's different levels of great, but they're all great at the game. You can't get to the NBA and stink. You got to be able to do something well with the basketball in your hands or for a team to help that team win. But what separates you? If I'm taking two guys, equal talent level, you know, same strengths and weaknesses as a player, same God-given athletic ability, same body build. If I'm taking those two players, what's going to separate one from the other? You could say opportunity, team that they're playing with, that's fine. Talent around them in terms of winning, that's fine. But if I'm looking individually, individually what separates you is your work. Michael Jordan was an all-time great, for my money, the best basketball player the sport's ever seen. I know the, the LeBron fans are going to say LeBron, and that's fine. And it's debatable one way or the other. Either LeBron, Michael, Michael, LeBron. But LeBron works, and Michael was a workhorse. He was consistently evolving his game. He was consistently in the gym. He found things to drive him, criticism that drove him, historical achievements that drove him, individual achievements, team achievements, all those things that drove him, that got him to the gym, that got him on the basketball court. The people that said he couldn't shoot coming out of North Carolina, developing that mid-range game as his career went along. Then saying people he can't through shoot the three, developing the three-point shot as his career went along. He worked. 
he didn't just lean on his pure God-given athletic ability. He evolved and got better as a player. And that's the message for Embiid. The sky's the limit, is it not? When you look at him as a player, the sky's the limit. And last night, he was great, dropping in 38 points at a 76er victory on the road up in Beantown. He was great. And Joel Embiid can be consistently great if the dedication to the sport is there. And that's the message. And when he gets called out by Shaq, and he gets called out by Charles Barkley, and he kind of agrees with the criticism, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to hear. And if you're a 76er fan, you should be excited about that. You know why you should be excited about that? Because for this very reason. Because maybe Joel Embiid is finally motivated. And if, if Joel Embiid is motivated, watch out in the rest of the Eastern Conference. Because he's that kind of talent. We'll come back. We'll preview the Sunday that will be Week 15 in the National Football League. Taz of the Moose. Mark Malouse is flying solo on this Friday morning. CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 